0: This is a true story. To find out what happens happens. when people stop being polite, start getting (laughs) real. So, uh, I want to welcome everybody uh, to episode 36 of The Real World. I have a really great guest that came in with me to, today. Um, I kind of hinted about this last week. Uh, a really good friend of mine that's doing some cool things in the community, and I wanted to get her on here to kind of explain what she's doing and what her vision is and why honestly both of us feel it's important. Um, without further ado, uh, this is my friend, Dr. April Martin. Hello. Hello. So, while she's sounding all shy, and she's normally not that shy, um, obviously, uh, what I thought was really important was that we support black business. Um, I'm always a person that champions small businesses, specifically black business. It's not enough of us out here, um, and that's why, one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of have you. Um, So, just, you know, starting out, what makes being a business owner important to you?
1: It's it's more, it's not... It's not really just being a business owner. For me, it's fulfilling a goal of mine that I've had for the past decade. Um, I had my daughter at 23 years old, and I realized that, you know, children grow fast. And I wanted to uh, to create a plan where I could stay home with her. So, you know, when you start college, you don't really know what you want to do in life. But we're forced to make a decision at the age of 18. And it wasn't until after I graduated I started realizing what my niche was in and it was human behavior. So I said, okay, well, I, I love human behavior, I love psychology, personalities, you know, all that stuff so how can I combine that with being able to be home with my daughter? And I said well, my end goal was going to be to create a, a practice to, to have a practice in which I didn't practice in it. I didn't want to practice in it because I was told you always create your exit strategy first. And
0: that's interesting. I haven't I've never heard that. Like yeah. I'd always heard that, you know, you, you build the business that will come. I never heard that know how to get out first.
1: Yeah, because you have a lot of businesses where they create this business, somebody buys it for, from them, and they're out. And that's that's what they do. And my extra strategy was to be able to be home with my daughter, just one daughter at the time. So I decided that I wanted to go to school to learn everything I could possibly learn about psychology and human behavior. But I didn't want to practice in it because I felt like you couldn't really advocate for something if I'm working in it a eight- and nine-hour day. So I want to advocate for mental illness. I wanted to market and advertise and do whatever I can do to raise awareness and end the stigma within our community. So um, that's, that's why um, I'm choosing not to practice in it, but create a practice that's going to help us this stigma because it is black owned so I felt maybe that would make a
0: difference in the community so you mentioned this let's talk about it um obviously when it comes to mental health uh, you, you grew up in a household that I'm assuming people didn't have therapy we looked at it as oh people are going to a head shrink we're not really about that and that's not something that was kind of prevalent in our households and I hope I'm not speaking um, too much but certainly like a lot of my friends So how do you combat that? Because even now, like, I've been to a therapist, Mm -hmm. but my mother's never done that. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, cousins, friends, they're not really going down that lane. How do you convince people that this is something that's okay to do and it shouldn't be something that we look down upon?
1: Well, you convince them by showing them what's going on in the world. I mean, I, I look, and nowadays, all you see is the suicide. These kids are getting younger and younger. You know, the bullying, um... The, the issues with the, the the mass shootings at the churches. These, these people are sick. They need help. They're suffering from mental illness. Some of them, you know, may have different issues, but majority of them have a mental illness. So it's, it's raising awareness. It's looking and seeing what's going on out here. And it's, okay, well, what do we need to do? Well, you know, studies show already that we have a lack of therapists, especially in PG County. So, I, you know, I had to think strategically about where do I want this practice? Well, I want it where we need it the most. And, and our men, African-American men, really stick to this stigma. Why? Because they're raised to, to be strong, not cry. Don't tell how you feel. Keep your emotions in. Well, when you get older and you don't want to show your feelings or anything, you're, it's all bottled up. And we know that African-American men are dealing with way more way more than any other race.
0: And, so, here's the one thing that I'll say. Um I agree with what you're saying and I certainly agree with the premise. I think that the, the the larger issue becomes is it less of a issue of getting people help late or maybe parenting earlier so we say to like our young boys and our you know our teenagers, you know what? I want you to be strong, but it's okay for you to have feelings too. Like that's, you know, I, I guess I want to kind of draw the line on that because when I think about it, again, I grew up as a guy. There's no crying. There's no nothing. I was that person where I held everything in. And so one day it was like everything all just kind of shut down. And then you're like, yo, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Like, and you mm-hmm. got to figure it out. So, you know, I'm just a little interested in, you know, the, the parenting aspect versus, you know, certainly I want to save people later on in life. But, right, right. you know, and as a parent, I feel like you could speak on that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely parenting earlier. Okay. Most especially for our men. I mean, because people don't really understand how instrumental your childhood is. Your childhood shapes your entire life. Your entire life. So when men are taught for years after years after years to be strong, don't cry, don't show weakness, and they come into life and society and have to deal with these these huge issues, and they can't show any kind of emotion, yeah, it comes crashing down comes crashing down and then they they, they shrink out in, in violence. They, you know, all types of things happen. But it starts with parenting. I don't have sons. I have daughters. But but I know how instrumental their childhood is. So I even now, you know, with girls and, and, and I'm really tough. So I try to, you know, I try to, you know, groom them to be tough. But at the same time it's different for females. Because they're naturally more nurturing, more emotional. So you know, women is, are, are different. I feel like it's a bigger issue before with, with our men.
0: Okay. I can agree with that a little bit. Um, I think that there's certainly not the stigma with women doing what women need to do. Like women always, mm-hmm. you know, historically speaking, you're more likely to go to the doctor. Absolutely. You know, so like and I'm just talking any doctor mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I know guys where they, you know, they don't go to the doctor and get a checkup like twice a year or whatever. Like, right, it right. just isn't part of their normal routine. Mm-hmm. And then you get older and you're like, oh, I didn't know I had these problems Mm -hmm. because I was too scared to go. While women, it's like, "Yo, like clockwork. I know I got this appointment every Mm -hmm. six months, this one every nine, whatever. And we do that.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: So, like, I guess, how do we combat that? Like, how do we combat the stigma? (laughs) Because just you and me telling you, you know what, it's okay for you to get help or to talk about something. I don't know if that's enough. Like, what do we do to kind of bring these people to us to say it's okay? Like... That you kind of like let go of this stuff, and you talk to somebody. And maybe the first therapist you talk to isn't the right person, but the next one. Don't be afraid to try.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I said that in a podcast I just did that it may take you dealing with two or three therapists before you find the right match. It's not going to always be you get you you know you get with a counselor and, and you're going to click. That's that's not the case a lot of times. So you may have to continually try and go with a second or a third therapist. But um, it's just, you know, there's really no answer as to how do we combat this. You know, all we can do is advocate. All we can do is talk about it. All we can do is, like I said, parenting from young, telling them it's okay. It's okay to show your emotions. It's okay to cry. You know, you can still have a strong demeanor and, and express yourself. So it's definitely parenting for the generations to come. But it's also continually, you know, showing awareness and um, continually trying to do something, provide something like the practice to to help those. Maybe they'll feel more comfortable coming to a black-owned practice. I, you know.
0: So I love that you went there. Um, one of the things that I that I don't want to see happen to you, and I fear, and this is one reason why I wanted to just kind of wrap. Um, there's a tendency in the black community where, let's say, somebody goes to a black-owned business they don't get the results that they want ASAP or maybe they have like an experience that wasn't great, not wishing any of that on you, but they're not willing to give you a second chance and then they're saying, you know what, I'm gonna take my business to somebody else or I'm gonna, you know, proverbially, I'll take my business to the white guy because they won't mess it up. Like, what do you do about that? Because that's certainly something again, where you're gonna have people that are probably gonna say that. Now, we mm-hmm. can speak freely just because we're talking to a mostly black audience, but that's just real life. So like how do you get beyond that? To talk to people and say, "Hey, like I'm sorry that this didn't work out, but it wasn't mm-hmm. that, you know, keep at it. Like this isn't a perfect fit just because you went the one person like you said, maybe the the match wasn't there. That doesn't mean you shouldn't stick with us."
1: Yeah, but see, I uh, do you really want to stick with those kind of people? Cuz that's maturity. That's growth. If you if you if you want to talk bad about the practice because the first therapist that you were assigned to You all didn't match up, and you just say, well, I'm just going to go and take my." Well, you know, at the end of the day, if that's what you choose to do, that's fine. Because once they leave my office, you know, until we send them a survey to see how they're feeling, we're really not going to know. Once they respond to that, you know, we can say, hey, you know, try another therapist, come back. If they don't, they don't. You know, I'm not going to chase any clients. And, again, you may have to have, go through two or three therapists to find the right match. Everybody's personalities are different. But, you know, I, I don't want to chase someone who's, who's going to talk bad about the practice because their therapy sessions may not have worked and take it somewhere else. That's fine.
0: I'm not afraid of them talking about the practice because I, I know you. That's going to be done well. I guess my fear is more like, you know what? Um, I don't even want to say talking bad, but, like, we got to help the people that are less fortunate than us. There's a certain mm-hmm. part of that, you know what I'm saying, where... Certainly, we have a demographic that we fit into just because you don't fit in my demographic and maybe, you know, you don't think like I do. So, you know, again, I, I associate us with having a more open mind. I'd be willing to kind of stick with it because I notice. Again, these people aren't necessarily always comfortable with it. And so that's the mentality they have. And so just, you know, my my own sense is I don't want those people to kind of get left out because, they're stuck in their old ways, and we're like, eh, we're going to leave you behind, because you tried it, but, you know, hands off, like, it kind of is what it is.
1: Yeah, no, no, I definitely wouldn't do that. If they, you know, if, if I'm made aware that they're unhappy with the counseling that they had, okay, well, you know, I'll have, you know, my office manager somewhere I reach back out to them and say, hey, um, we have another therapist, maybe you can come back and see them and try again, because we don't want them to give up. And, you know, we That's don't what I was looking for you to up, say. You know? Yeah. Okay. But at the end of the day, realistically speaking, when you have a lot of clients coming in. You know how can you give each one that individualized? Hey, you know, you know, don't give up. I mean, it, it's difficult to sure. do. But But um, definitely, we were going to send out surveys and everything. And if I see any of those in which they say something like that, I will even myself reach out. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, come back. Get, you know, give it a try. Here's another therapist because you don't want them to give up.
0: But that's the personal touch right. that I love. Like honestly, a lot of the, the big difference between what I consider successful businesses and businesses that aren't really is customer service. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, like if you got good customer service, I will spend money mm-hmm. sometimes even if I don't necessarily love something, but just because I want to support you. Like,
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's essential.
0: Yeah. And, like, and, my, and my, I will practice... walk out if like customer service bad. I walk oh, yeah. out. Like, nah, I'm not wasting my money here.
1: Well, I'm. I'm also not having any of that. Okay. I'm not. I mean, when I when I've been doing interviews and and my vision is clear, and um, the utmost professionalism. And if it's not displayed there, then I will let you go. It's, it's not going to be an issue. <laughs> it's not going to be an issue. We have to because there's already again. Uh, sometimes there's a stigma with black-owned businesses.
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, and it's. I'm not going to have that there. Okay. Now, you don't have to be snooty. You don't have to be feeling like you're better than anybody. But we need to be professional. You know, professional and, and humbled and, and personable. Especially the receptionist. I mean, I've spoken to to her about that. You, you're the first face they see.
0: Yeah, super important. If she's friendly. Super important. Yeah, if she's friendly. friendly that,
1: personable, right. helpful, making them, you know, feel comfortable, help yourself to some water, or whatever it is. So I agree, I agree. They'll come back if, if you do what you need to do and, and show that professionalism.
0: So how many therapists are you trying to start with or do you envision having on staff? And I ask yeah. this it's, you know, just to kind of get with it. One, A, when you're a business owner and you start hiring people, that's dope. <laughs> like yeah. point mm-hmm. one period, you're putting people to work. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so I have an um, a office manager, a receptionist, um, I have art therapists. I have a psychiatrist, counselors, and we have a mental health coach, which is what I love about the practice. It's kind of like a three stages. Our mental health coach, who's actually an MD, she not only helps the client understand their condition, but the families and how to deal with it. A lot of families don't know how to deal with a loved one who has a mental illness. So I think that aspect of it is great. Sometimes the clients don't understand what's wrong, how to deal, with it, or why they need counseling. So she not only lets them know how and why they need counseling, but uh, she helps families learn how to deal with it. And then they go on to the counseling. We have counselors, whether it's art therapy, or um, you know, just regular counselors for whatever the issue is. And then they may feel, you know what, she may need medication. That's like my last resort. I'm not really big on the medicating. The psychiatrist is the same way. She's not really big on it. If there's an alternative way, then we'll find that. If not, then they'll get what they need. But we have someone in-house who prescribe. So it's, it really is a comprehensive practice, which is, there's very, I don't know if there's any in PT. Canada. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, because I know when I went to a therapist, it was a solo practitioner. Um, he didn't, he couldn't prescribe anything. He mm-hmm. wasn't. Uh, he was just a psychiatrist.
1: He's a psychologist.
0: He's a psychologist. Psychologist, yes. So, you know, he's there to talk, take notes Mm -hmm. and kind of give me feedback. Um, Mm -hmm. But just kind of going into where you mentioned that, you know, your practice being comprehensive and the way that you're going to kind of deal with like prescribing like Mm -hmm. different medications and drugs. One of the questions I have is, you know, there's this whole thing now where if you notice a lot of kids are always being diagnosed with different things like ADHD is Mm -hmm. huge. Where they're like, hey, we need to diagnose this kid with this. They need Ritalin, or I don't know what the new it drug is. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, like, what do you do in these instances? And certainly you mentioned that, like, you wanted to use that as a last resort. But a lot of parents are afraid of that now. So, like, how do we speak to them where we don't want to over-medicate kids? And you seem to be on that wavelength, Well, too.
1: I, I'm definitely on that wavelength. I've always been on wavelength. I mean, I've seen family members on it, and they're in a zombie state. I don't like it, and I made sure that my psychiatrist was on the same path that I was on. I, you know, she knows I'm not big on medicating. Truth be told, some people may need it. No, of course. Some people may need it. Of course. Fine, but if we can find an alternative way, like for instance, there's a new therapy which um, is supposed to help those with schizophrenia. You know, really? I, I try to. I stay on top of new therapies. I, I'm in touch with the owners of these new therapies to put me on their list. when stuff comes out. And this is great. I mean, I had somebody, <coughs> excuse me, who I knew suffered from schizophrenia. And all she was yelling was, tell them to stop giving me shots. So now to know that there's an alternative way of dealing with it without having to be given shots or medicated is incredible. And I want my psychiatrist on top of all of it. On top of all of it.
0: Nah, I, I actually like that as, a, as an idea. Like, I think it's dope. Because um, mm-hmm. as somebody where The strongest thing prior to me having surgery, like, I had surgery on my ankle, Mm -hmm. like, was Tylenol. So, like, I don't know what it's Mm -hmm. like to be under the influence of anything. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've seen people, like, you know, that I know, especially when we were in school where they were taking, I don't know what the other drug is, Adderall, to, like, study with. They're like, yeah. I'm like, you do realize why they created this, but, you know, everybody was using it to get Mm focused. So, I'm like, nah,
1: I don't want to have my
0: child, like, on this (laughs) unless it's, like, very necessary. Yeah, um, and it
1: is necessary, unfortunately, for some.
0: So uh, you had mentioned that you wanted to really get into advocacy behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that a little bit. Like, what are some of the things that you'd like to see happen? Now, obviously, we live right outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. It's plenty of, you know, associations, lobbyists. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your goals with that? Like, how do you see yourself at least trying to influence whatever the, sc- the discussion is to kind of get, like, what you're looking for done?
1: Well, I'm on a lot of organizations. Um, NAMI, um, the Prince George's Chamber What's of NAMI? Commerce. What's NAMI?
0: I was going to say, you can't give us acronyms as the people National that don't Alliance know National Alliance
1: for Mental Illness. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the Prince George's Chamber of Commerce. Um, I just uh, met with and was dealing with, I was asked to be on the board for Community Connoisseurs, which I had to regretfully decline. But uh, I am working in a partnership with them. Uh, what I love about them is that they actually put their feet to the ground and talk to a lot of these missing and exploited teens. So um, they're doing different fundraisers in which uh, I and my PR specialists have assisted with fundraisers for that. Um, God, speaking engagements, I've done a podcast with Reaching America with Derek Holly. Um, he was just on uh, TV One. Um, just, you know, so just talking about it you know, I have no problem knocking on doors, talking to these girls. The sex trafficking of these little girls is big now. So meeting some of these victims and, and just talking to them, um, I'm currently going to do some speaking engagements at the schools because all you can hear about is this bullying and suicide. I mean, the kids were as young as eight years old taking their lives. So not only I had started in the middle schools, but now I'm going down to elementary schools to, to try to, you know, have some kind of preventative measures for these kids. So I've been out here just trying to talk about mental um, mental illness. Um I did that podcast with Mike Sweetney, who's dealt with severe depression and suicide. And so I've been out here talking and, and, and all I can do that's all I can do is try to raise awareness, get on these organizational panels and, and try to, you know, advocate for it.
0: Okay. Um <clears throat> so earlier we kind of went to how we think, you know. It's really important to kind of speak to young boys about things, um, and I feel like we probably would do a disservice. Uh, I come from a you know family full of women. You have all little girls. I feel bad for your husband.
1: Um, <laughs> I've been
0: there, bruh. So I, I, you know, <laughs> prayers. But like, I wanted to speak about like how an important how important it is to speak for them or to do stuff for them as well, especially now given the age where. You know, every other day somebody's getting outed for sexual harassment or misconduct. <clears throat> like, these are things and issues that, you know, children are going to have when they come to your therapist. So I think it's, like, probably appropriate for us to address those as well.
1: Well, the biggest thing I can say about that mm-hmm. as a mother of three, um, I'm very protective over my kids, is to, to ask those questions that a lot of adults don't even want to ask. I talk open and candidly to my daughters to the point yeah. they're like, covering their eyes embarrassed. But I ask the, the questions that aren't tough to me, but I ask them on a regular basis. Is anyone touching you inappropriately? <clears throat> Are you making sure you're using the restroom by yourself? Is anyone watching you? Has anyone said anything inappropriate? I ask these things on a regular basis all the time because if you don't ask them, then they're going to keep it in to themselves. I, I even went so far as to say, if anyone ever threatens you and says, if you tell they're going to kill or hurt your family, Please don't worry about that. We're okay. <laughs> they're, because, they're, you know, my daughter, who's in middle school, was telling me about these different challenges. And I said, well, why don't they tell? And she said, because they threaten to kill your family. And as a child, that would stop you from saying something. So I had to make sure that I told my kids, if anyone says that, please don't worry about it. Your family's not going to get killed we're going to be okay so people are afraid and they're going these little kids are going to their friends who have no experience
0: No I mean but you you remember what it was like to grow up a lot of times if you didn't want to talk to your parents about something for whatever reason you discussed it with your friends and kids are trying to figure out adult shit like that's the problem
1: it is the problem but a lot of it is see me I was an open book to my to my parents open book too open they didn't ask the questions. That generation didn't ask the questions. So I volunteered my my information. But I have that kind of relationship with my kids. And it was a little struggle with my middle one. But my my firstborn, open, she tells me everything that's going on in her school. Even things that are difficult for her to say, I I don't get mad when she tells me because I appreciate her realness. I say, look, none of your friends have the experience that I've had. So talk to me about it. If you feel some kind of I don't care what it is. A boy says he loves you, whatever it is, tell me. So I love that. It's essential to have open communication with your kids.
0: Yeah, as <clears throat> I'm not a parent. So obviously I can't speak on that dynamic. But even, you know, speaking with like my own relationship with my mom, that's all she wants from me. Mm-hmm. It's just like Keep me in the loop. Yeah. Just tell me what's going on. Like that's it. Whether I can help you or not, like we can kind of go through some process to figure out things better. If we, you, know, as long as you keep me in the loop. Absolutely. Okay. Like I was worried about that. Um. Just I come from a family a family full of women, mm-hmm. and I think my biggest fear is having a little girl and then having her have to deal with some of the things oh, that I see. God. And like I'm gonna just keep it real. Like as a guy, I felt like I was never the guy that was sexually like harassing women like well no I'm gonna say this for, I never sexually harassed anybody mm-hmm. but if I said something that was inappropriate sure I'm sure I have but I don't want to have like you know anybody feel the way obviously that so many people are kind of, kind mm-hmm. of coming out with now where mm-hmm. all of that shit is bad so I'm just trying to figure out the right way to kind of you know teach a little boys like hey this isn't okay little girls hey this yeah. is what you do when these situations mm-hmm. happen like it's so many like cringeworthy things. Um, well, and it's
1: also being involved and in knowing what's going on, especially with social media. It's you know my daughter has a social media account, and I can tell you that a guy reached out to her at one o'clock in the morning saying, "Hey, sweetness, when you could she's private, but you could see she's a little girl." So I reached out to him and had to you know, as like
0: you mean like an adult,
1: <clears throat> a grown man older than me. So I had to reach out to him and put him in his place. So you have to monitor. She brought it to me. She came to me. But that see, morning. that's
0: dope that she felt yes. like, "Hey, mommy, Mom, like, I hey, want look you to at this." And,
1: you know, but again, we have that kind of relationship. You know, okay. so so you got to monitor. I monitor everything. She can't follow anyone without asking my permission. She can't follow Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, and all of them. I love them, but the the it's a little explicit, <laughs> too explicit for a twelve year old. So, but do I, you let I monitor. Her follow Beyonce? <clears throat> she doesn't follow Beyonce.
0: Okay, I was gonna say like I know that we always put her in a different category, but she's just as bad. Well, okay. well, well,
1: well, yeah. It, it is a different category.
0: Yeah. Like, nah, it is. Beyonce it is. the only one, too. Like, I love Beyonce, but women love She has a side. Beyonce. Well,
1: no, no. And then she I'm has not, Partition. I'm not, and I love Partition. I'm not into, I don't follow any celebrities if you see on my social media. None.
0: Well, you don't really follow anybody, but
1: <laughs> I don't follow any <laughs> Yeah, I was
0: going to say, you barely follow your friends. I, like, I, I don't it.
1: follow any celebrities because I, it doesn't really matter to me what they're doing. To me, they're people with a lot of money and great skills. Which, which is great but um you know I, I monitor everything that she does on social media certain things she can and can't have access to and and a lot of people don't i mean i monitor a lot of her friends accounts because their parents aren't on it because i'm like the youngest my husband and I are the youngest her young the youngest parents out of her group sure so i even monitor their friends but you have to be involved
0: so how does that work and i mean like that takes us off on another tangent but like back in the day that was okay you know what i'm saying we're like if a parent, somebody else's parents saw you doing something, oh, yeah. they could check you or tell your parent and it was fine. Now I feel like we're in a new age where, like, if you see one somebody else's kid do something, you can't necessarily say something to that <laughs> kid. Or the parent is like, well, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm protecting you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to have, you know... Uh, CPS come and knock on your door Mm -hmm. Because I noticed something But they don't see it that way It's all very much You're in my business No Mm -hmm. I just saw that your little girl Is friends with my little girl And she's doing something crazy Mm -hmm. Thought you just might want to know Like how do you kind of Navigate that dynamic
1: That is very difficult Um, I have a small uh, circle of friends We're all very close And we all very much Tell each other what we see There has been times Where I've seen Some inappropriate behavior And I didn't say anything because maybe I mentioned it the first time and nothing was done
0: or wasn't received. Well,
1: yes. And I'm not going to mention it again. If you don't want to take the time to monitor what's going on in your child's social media account, then I'm not going to keep pressing the issue. So Uh I will say something. But if it's not received well or nothing is done about it, then I tell my daughter, look, you're you're an example of your mother and father. When you leave this door and you leave this house, you need to make sure you're respectful, you know. So she knows, I mean, she's a good girl. <laughs> she is a good girl.
0: She looks like I'm not twin. naive.
1: Yeah, I'm not a twin, right? I'm not naive at all. I'm far from green, but she's a good girl.
0: Not as dope. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been a little heavy, but we should have some fun. And I don't know if you've looked <laughs> up anything for this. Um, but I like to do a segment that I call It or Love It where you take something that happened during the current week and you pick it out that you hated that happened, and then something you love. So I'll, you know, obviously give you the floor. Yeah, just this week. Mm. Okay. Yeah, be be real free with it.
1: Okay, so uh, two things I hate. I hate, which my daughter brought to my attention, about that net neutrality.
0: So are you familiar with it?
1: Yeah. Okay. I hate that.
0: I only hate it from the sense that I'm scared that you know my, my internet bill is gonna go up or my Netflix bill is gonna go up. The rest of this stuff, I'm not necessarily. The social comparable. media
1: the social media aspect that I don't think they're gonna
0: <clears throat> be able to block that. Like I think the backlash from that would be way greater than them trying to say like, you know what? we own Twitter. so we prefer you use Twitter instead of Facebook, so we're gonna slow Facebook down. I don't think that's the way they're gonna spend it. It's basically gonna just be like, you know what? Hey, this company, you use all of this bandwidth because you're an internet company, so you need to pay us more money, or you get the slow internet. Companies are gonna be like, nah, I'm not having that, and then they're gonna pass that on to consumers. Mm-hmm. Like, I can promise you without doubt, like if you got Netflix, Netflix was like eight dollars like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 10 now. Netflix would be like 15 bucks in two years.
1: Oh, absolutely. Promise absolutely. you that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm
0: saying? Like, that's how I look at it, but I don't work like I know a lot of the other stuff and I'm a strong democrat like I always say this. Mm-hmm. Companies are always going to find a way to kind of get their way. Yeah, yeah. So I I try not to worry about that stuff too much, but I get it. I'm pissed off at that yeah, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that pissed me off. Um what else? Uh, oh, the, the as I mentioned before, the bullying. Um I, I just saw what the two little girls who committed suicide.
0: Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. I, sad? I mean, and
1: they're getting younger and younger and and it really just it it bothers me. So of course I, I hate that. Um, love it?
0: Yeah, give me something you love. Snow. Yo, I hate it as an adult. You love snow?
1: What? I love the snow, the cold weather, the dressing for winter time. I love to be in the house and have Christmas music and decorations. But the you're tree. an island be-
0: girl, yes. like or gal. My bad, like gal. I, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like nah. I
1: love it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna keep it all the way real, right? Like snow is cool. I didn't miss snow when I lived in L.A. Like, as an adult, snow sucks. I still got to go to work. That's because you got to shuffle. I don't even have to shuffle. Like, they do it (laughs) in my neighborhood for me. Like, it's real nice, but... I just don't want to drive in it. Like people can't drive. me slipping it. and sliding. I just want to be able to go someplace comfortably.
1: Wait a minute, y'all. He's slipping and sliding because he has a rear-wheel drive.
0: <laughs> but I like my car. Thank I'm you. not getting rid of it. Yeah, I like my coupe. Like I'm gonna keep nice. it all the way real. Yeah, it's nice for me. Like I have no desire to get something else. If I have kids, maybe. Well, not. that's what. I, Yeah. Well, not like See? when I have kids, I'm gonna just put the like kids in the like the wife's car. Like go buy her the SUV. Kind like
1: mine. Yeah, I'm keeping I my have, coupe. I had to keep SUVs now. Yeah. I had a a 323ci. Two-door, used to, with the uh, Steptronic. I had a 225. Yeah. Then I had babies, my husband said, yeah, yes, you be. That's
0: exact. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. Like, yo, babe, so, hey, you need this car right here. It's safe. It's safe. Like, you know, that's how I'm going to spend it. Yes. It's safe. Like, I need to protect you and the baby. <laughs> exactly. What about you in this coupe? No, don't worry about me. Right. You know, like, we don't need another car right well, now.
1: Well, have mercy. <laughs> um,
0: I'm going to say something that I hated this week. Okay. Um. And I feel like I always speak on this, but I hated the whole internet rumor thing that kind of <clears> went <throat> around with the kid that did get bullied, Keaton Jones, like the oh, the thing. Yeah. So here's the part that I hated <coughs> about it. I don't know his story. Story doesn't really matter. Obviously if you see a kid that's in pain and hurting, like that sucks. But the internet rumors that ran with it, yo, that's not cool. Like oh. I don't know if his dad's a white supremacist, don't mm-hmm. really care. Mm-hmm. Like don't know what his mom believes. Again, I don't really care. Has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. And we made that the story instead of the kid.
1: Instead of the kid. Yeah, that's sad.
0: Poor I also guy. hate that people are stupid. And when I say people are <laughs> stupid, like, no disrespect. Nobody should have been giving that family money anyway. Like, stop giving the GoFundMe stuff. Like, Whoa. a lot of people do this. Like, giving a kid money when he was getting beat up in school, they're getting made fun of, it's not gonna help the situation. <laughs> when we were young, if you got beat up, you went to karate. Like, well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, what or mean, like they how to, to fight. Yeah, it was, different. it was
1: different back in the day. You could you could fight. Different? You can stand. What you can stand up and go toe to toe, and whoever loses, you lose, and you keep you keep it moving. Now it's retaliation. They got guns. They got knives. They coming back. They getting family members. It's Not when you're like different. eleven. Well, you can go toe to toe and then be done. Yeah, but yeah, that's how we,
0: back the we did back in the day. <clears But throat> at eleven, like ain't nobody pulling on a gun, or I don't know, because it's not eleven. But I feel like I'm not getting shot unless it's like Chicago for like those kind of events. Like you fight and you get it over. Yeah. Like I remember being a kid and I was bullied once and how I got around it. Bully used to mess with all of us. So one day I was like, "Yo, he's bigger than us," but it's like five of us. Mm-hmm. I say we jump the bully, mm-hmm. so we jump the bully. But is None of us got Did
1: we even call it bullying then?
0: Oh yeah, we we said he was a bully. It was like really? it was like that <clears throat> classic like Dennis the Menace like the dude that's bigger than everybody for whatever reason. Okay, We're yeah, like yeah. Kenna Gardner's, yeah. And yeah. my man was bigger than all of us, so he would just like push us and do different stuff. It was like, "Okay. Yeah, yeah, we
1: have I bullies. can't
0: take you by myself." Hey, we and we got him. Yeah. And I remember then his mom beat him with an extension cord.
1: Well, you know what? We did have we did have a bully and I was actually the one who stood up for those being bullied.
0: See, that's dope. But I feel yeah. like, but that's something I feel like we got to teach our kids. Like there's a cer- certain part, like I don't want you to put yourself in harm's way. And I'm not saying yeah. that, but it <clears throat> shouldn't be, we shouldn't make certain things cool where we accept stuff just because we're scared that it'll happen to us. That's what a lot of us did. Like, I'm not saying that I'm I'm advocating for kids to, to fight nobody, but we're like, oh, like the bullies doing this. Yo, better you than me. That's how we all look at it. So the bully thinks it's okay.
1: But it's different because it's handled differently now. Back then, I used to approach this individual and be like, leave her alone. Because I wasn't scared of how big you were. I hated it. I've always hated bullies. Always. And I used to get in a lot of trouble because of it. But nowadays, if a kid interferes with someone who's getting bullied, that person's going to retaliate against them. You know, so, and, and again, it's handled differently. Sure. So,
0: I it, just don't it's want difficult. kids. Yeah, I, I also know it's that difficult. they suspend kids at a much higher rate than when we were kids. Like, God, if if a, if the teachers knew that you were the good kid and, like, the other kid was the bad kid, you're not getting suspended. Like, yeah. that's how things Nowadays are. Now it's, it's you like, both yeah. Yeah, you both go home. And it's not for two days anymore. Like, they send <laughs> kids home for, like, weeks. Like, they got to stop that. Like, I'm, that's oh, something yeah. else I hate. Um, <clears> Anything else we forget? Because I think this has been fun. Like,
1: well, love, I love that I get to see my family's in town. My family's in town this weekend, and I love that. Because they come from everywhere. Florida, New York, and you from Trinidad. I mean, Jersey.
0: you can say that. Yeah, I was going to say, here's the thing. But are you going to have the same love next week when Christmas happens, or nah? Or are you yeah. giving out all of your love right oh, now?
1: <clears> oh, <throat> not to all of them, because they're all my age. The kids, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, don't come to my house. I right. love you, but... I'm st- mm. my nuclear family
1: yes absolutely
0: sweet um, well again Dr. Martin I-, I appreciate you coming through and yeah I'm saying doctor uh, <laughs> it's a dope accomplishment I wish I had a PhD I probably yeah. need to get that um, <laughs> something to strive for uh, it's been another episode of Real World, and I appreciate you coming we out